Uh, today's Daf Yud. It's also the 48th day in the Omer, the penultimate day in the Omer, Erev Erev Shavuot. So, uh, if anybody's behind on the Daf Yomi, you can catch up on Shuas. Alright, we are at the bottom of Teramagbet. We just got through like three Dapim or so on the whole discussion of Metav, of what form of payment you make when you owe money for damages. Um, and now really, uh, the, pretty much the rest of the Masechet, you know, focuses, I would say that's like one particular segment that's like a little bit off topic, you know, and it's spread beyond just Nezek, but really now we have focused uh, for the next good long while on the direct question about Mamana Mazik and when your property or when you as a person does damage and under what circumstances you're liable for paying. We dealt with a Mishnah that was quite cryptic. Um, as we mentioned, the language also was pretty um, archaic, seems to be a very old Mishnah, um, and had that line at the end, repeating the line of the first Mishnah of when the animals do damage or the property does damage, you have to pay the, with the best of the land. Um, and the Mishnah in particular framed it as when I was obligated to watch, and presumably I was negligent and didn't watch, it was like I had... Uh, it's like I had um, created the damage that would occur. It's like I had laid the groundwork for the damage that would occur. So that really seems to emphasize in terms of this big overarching question about why are you liable? Are you liable for the fact that your animal did it? Or are you liable because your negligence brought it about? The mission certainly seems to emphasize the latter. It's like you ultimately like brought about the damage. Okay, anyway, the Gemara got used that as an opportunity to discuss a different level of uh, of, um, of uh, negligence, or maybe that's the wrong way of saying it, but circumstance in which you're more liable for um, for your ox and for your well than you are for a fire, in a case when you gave it over to a chayrishar to the katan. And that was a debating, debate of Rabbi Yochanan Reishlachim, exactly what the parameters of that was. We will see more about that later in about uh, about two weeks. Uh, we will see the much more focused debate of Rabbi Yochanan Reishlachim. Why should it be exactly that you're more, ex- that in a similar circumstance, you're more exempt by a fire than by these other things. Leish Lakish says because fire, the Cherishat of leaves, leaves alone and it basically goes out on its own. But Rabbi Yochanan seems to say that even if the fire was more of a live flame, you'd be exempt and uh, that we're going to be exploring more later. Okay, now we move on though, with that background and remembering that difference about the fire um, that you are uh, more exempt from that in a parallel case of than you would be in a parallel case of an ox and a well we look at the following brighter that we pick up five lines from the bottom or six lines from the bottom Tanu Rabbanan and again because this Mishnah that we just read is this pretty like generic Mishnah you know sort of pulling together all of the Avot Nizikin Kol Shechafti Bishmirato we have a brighter that might evoke what we did a few days ago a type of a, of a comparing and contrasting the different Avot Nizikin so let's take a look Tanu Rabbanan there are ways in which shur here, which means the karen, specifically in this context, goring is more uh, stringent than the well, in cases in which the well are more stringent than the goring. What's the way in which the ox is more stringent than the well? If an ox gores a person, and the person dies as a result, and the ox is a muad, then it pays kofer. You pay some um, atonement payment. And however, if a person falls in a well, 
felon dies, um, you are do not pay an atonement payment. Okay, atonement payment is only when a ox scores. It's not when a, a, a person kills a person. There's no civil liability. It's not when a person dies in a well. It's only when an ox scores a person or any of your animals or whatever kills a person. Okay, so that's kofar. The chayav b'shloshim shall have it, and if it kills a slave, it pays the knas of thirty kesef, thirty shekel. And that's not again not true about when your well da- causes a slave to die. Not true if you cause a slave to die. There are you know some of those cases could be murder, but the point is they're not. But they're not a civil payment. Nigmar dino asubena. Also, there's a law of a shorhanisko. If it killed somebody and it went through the process of being judged by a, you know in front of a court and it was I found as having killed somebody, it would be a shorhanisko and it would be you couldn't get any benefit from it even before it was stoned from the moment that its judgment was passed. Okay, and that whole status of shorhanisko does not apply to anything else. The darko lelechul hazik. So those are the laws that are more stringent and the circumstances of it, the characteristics of it that make it a more weighty category is that it goes around and creates damage. It's not just things come to it, like the well. None of those things are true by the well. But the well is weightier than the ox. A well from the moment it was created was a hazard. Ox, you know, gets born as a cute little calf. Okay? So it's not like the whole thing from its very identity is a hazard. And even more so in contrasting it to an ox, as you know, to goring of an ox, because a normal ox is not... Uh, does it have a propensity to, to gore and to damage? Whereas a well, from its very beginning, has the propensity, right? So that's different in Tchilatasiasul means its very identity from its very beginning is that it's a hazard. The other thing is like whether it, the damage that it causes is a likely or not likely occurrence. By a goring of an ox, it's a, that is very unlikely and unexpected, and that's why you only pay half damages. By a well, it's to be anticipated. Okay, but it would also be anticipated by a shane and regal by the walking or the eating of an ox. Okay, Mashain came Bashur, that's not true by Ashur. So that's comparing Shur to Bor. Now we're going to do compare Shur to H. Chomer Bashur mi Be'ish. Shur is weightier than an H. Chomer Be'ish mi Bashur, and an H is weightier than a Shur. Chomer Bashur mi Be'ish, in what way is the Shur weightier than the fire? Shashur Mashalim Kofer, Vichai Bashalim Shalevad, like we said, there's always going to be what's weightier about Karen, or all of these civil payments, you know, monetary payments in the case of death. So if it kills a person who is a free man, you pay a kofir payment. If it kills a slave, you pay 30 so evid. And if there's a story of Shorhanisko, all of those things are only true by Karen. So that's going to be our stock way in which Karen is weightier than other things. Okay? And now here's a new one, though, which bases on what we discussed yesterday. If you gave an ox to to watch, let's assume, like the first answer of the Gemara, that it was bound up. Nevertheless, it, you would be liable because it would unnaturally more undo it. Uh, no, not well. We'll talk about that. That's an interesting question, but not necessarily. I mean, the other one you'd be maybe fifty percent. There's actually a very interesting question whether the level of care you have to give for a short time might even be ironically higher than a muad. So let's hold off on that. Okay, but anyway, um, giving it to a chayyim is not sufficient because even if it is bound, it is likely that it will that it will struggle free of its bound of its of its of its bounds of its bounds of its binds of its binds. 
Um, anyway, so is not sufficient to be uh, ensuring that it will remain protected, so you're liable. Chayav. Masha'in came to H. As opposed to an H, an H we said for whatever reason, maybe because as an ember it'll die out and the Cheshat Vakatan don't have, you know, won't make it worse, they won't make it better, but they won't make it worse. You don't have, that's acceptable. So none of those things are there. True by short, true by H, even in that last case, the Cheshat Vakatan would be Patur. It did not give the difference of Darko Lele Chulahazik, because an H is also Darko Lele Chulahazik. Okay? Chomer the H from Bashur. Now, what ways is an H weighted than a Shore? Sha'ish Mueres Mitchilata. So that's also when we ever compare it to Karen, the thing that's going to, the other thing that's going to be weightier than Karen is that the other thing has a propensity to do damage. A fire, the first time, it's considered likely and you pay full. Which, might, which is not true, much ain't Kane Bashur. Okay, so that's comparing sure to Aish, and sure to Bor, and sure to Aish, and what makes sure weightier is always going to be these payments when people die. Okay, now, and the fact that it's a sure nisko. Now, Chomer de Aish mi Bor, okay, so you understand what we did? Right, we did. Why do these things dry out so quick? We did sure Bor. And we did sure Aish, okay? And what makes this go- weightier is always going to be Kofair and Shloshim Shaleved and Shor Haniska, okay? And we did all those things. And what makes these weightier, well, the obvious thing that makes anyway these weightier is Muad Mitchilato. That's always going to be the obvious, plus some other stuff, okay? Like that Aish is going to be, uh, Aish is the, uh, the uh, Shmira of a Shechevish works. So we did those. So the only thing we haven't compared yet of these three is bore to H, right? Okay. So, okay. Chomer, where are we? Chomer be'eish mi be'bore, v'chomer be'bore mi be'eish. Chomer be'bore mi be'eish, she'tchilat atiyasol l'nezek. Okay, a well is from the very outset, it's a hazard. I mean, a fire you could say could spread or whatever, but it's not seen as like, you know, you put a well in the middle of Rosh Hashanah, that's danger hazard. Okay, as opposed to like a fire that you lit in your own property. Okay? And, again, a well, you are chayav when you give it to Cheshat Vakatan, because as the way we explained yesterday, even if it's covered, the cover can break and you need to give it to somebody responsible to make sure that's not going to happen. By an age, it's not from its outset a hazard. Okay? That's what in its character makes it weaker. And in terms of and in terms of its halacha, what makes it more lean is you're exempt when you give a co- an ember to a cherishot of a katan. Chomer de'eish mi bebor. Now, what way is an eish weightier? She'ish darka leilichu lahazik umuedet lechol bein davar roila bein davar she'ino roila. Masha'en kein bebor. Because a fire goes out and creates damage, right? As opposed to the thing coming to it. That's in terms of what its character makes it more uh, weightier. What in terms of its halacha makes it more weightier? That it has a prope- that it will it has a propensity to destroy, to consume, whether something fit for it or unfit for it. Now, what does that mean? That's so far the first crypt, really cryptic phrase we've hit. So the Gemara says like this, What is this thing that's not fit for it, that an Aish is liable and a boar is exempt? Okay, that would be the halacha in which an Aish is weightier. Um, I'm sorry. The listni, did I skip? Oh, no. Now, one minute. Let's go back to Shor and Bor, and there's another difference, okay? What's the other difference between Shor and Bor? Before we unpack what Roila means, Shashur Chaybot HaKelim, did I skip a line? Okay, I'm good. Shashur Chaybot HaKelim, Masha'en Kein Bebor. So, okay, so the Gemara says, so what do we have? 
So the boar, it's weightier because of Tchilat Asiato. And how else is it weightier? Because of the Cheroshot of the Katan case. Okay, this is weightier because of Darko Leleich. And the halacha that it's weightier is Davar Sheino Ra'oila. So we're going to have to figure out what Davar Sheino Ra'oila means. So that we're going to have to get back to. Okay? But now the Gemara is saying there's other things that we forgot. What else should we have listed? So the Gemara says like this. By a shore, if a shore gores kalim or steps on kalim or whatever, you'd be liable. But by a boar, right, the famous drasha is, we've referred to this before, but it's important to know it, right? It's by the, by the, by the, well, it says, Vinafal Shama, Shore O Chamor. And the drasha is, Shore, below, that's the possum, below Adam. Chamor Velo Keli. Now, the Velo Adam is confusing because Velo Adam means if a person is injured. Okay? If a person dies, excuse me. If a person is injured, you actually would pay injury. Makes sense. I mean, that's a huge hazard, falling into a well. How could you not be liable for that? Well, okay. okay, well, we'll see that. Fine. But, uh, but, but anyway, the Velo Adam just exempts a person by death. Okay? Death of a person, you're exempt. And that's what we've been saying. There's no payments for death. But this is the more common one to be focusing on, which is you're only chayev by chamor and not by vessels. So why don't you say a shore is chayev in kalim and a boar is patur, patur oh, that's not a chamor. That, okay? So the shore is more chamor because it's chayev in kalim. Okay? And a boar is exempt kalim. Why don't we list that? So the Gemara says, how many Reb Yehudi? This is Reb Yehuda. That he says that actually he doesn't hold of this whole drasha. And he holds that if vessels get damaged in a boar, you're chayav. So the message is one minute. Let's look at the end, because now we're going to use this to figure out what this line meant by Eish. Okay? This, this cryptic line that a fire eats things that it's not fit for, which is not the case by the boar. So what does this line mean? So what would be something that's uns- normally not fit for a fire? I'm sorry, What's normally fit for fire? Ate him. You know, normal fuel, wood. What's not fit for fire? Mind you, kalim. Vessels, because it doesn't mean that a fire won't damage vessels, but it means it doesn't normally. You don't normally burn your vessels in a fire. So if that's true, much ain't came before. So we think that this line, that ate your chayev by unfit things and your and, and your putter by boar, so we assume this means kalim. If a fire burns kalim, you're chayev, but if a boar damages Kalim, your partner. Okay? So that would be a great example. Alright? So if so if this is talking exactly about contrasting Kalim, then this should be contrasting the Kalim as well. You're Chayv and Kalim here and you're not Chayv there. The same way that's what it's saying by the fire. Chayv and Kalim by the fire, putter in the boar. So the Gemara says, so but if it's Reb Yehuda is the reason we didn't mention Kalim above by the shore board comparison, so you just said that this whole Brita is going like Reb Yehuda, and Reb Yehuda says that you are Chayiv and Kalim, so that's why we don't have it here. So if there, everything is Chayiv and Kalim, and the board is Chayiv and Kalim, what is this thing about Aish that's weightier? Okay? So the Gemara says, Fine, you're right. 
It's not Reb Yehuda. It is the Rabbana. And this line here means Kalim. This line means Kalim. You're Chayev and Kalim by Eish, and you're Pater and Bor. So, you know what? It should have said here, you're Chayev and Kalim. That would have been another contrast. So why did it not? Okay. You know what? Because it's an abbreviated list. It didn't list everything. All right? You're right. This is another difference. But it's, it's not a complete list. So now the Gemara says the, what it always says when it says it's a not complete list. My shear to high shear. What else did it leave off? Because you're not going to give a list of differences and say every single difference except one. You might as well then give a complete list. Okay? So the Gemara cannot accept the idea that there's a list where just one thing was not was left off. If you're going to tell me it's an incomplete list, you've got to show me that at least two things were left off. Okay? So what else was left off? Shear tamun up. That's a very not good other thing to leave off. One of the other exemptions this is a little Chazara. If you remember, do you remember the Gemara there on like I think it was Dalit Amud Bet or Hamud Bet, which says, so if you have a big generic obligation for the Arbavus Nazikin, why did you need four categories? And it said, because every category has its own special laws. Okay, do you remember that? Shane and Regal, your putter and Rishasarabim. Bore your putter and Kalim. Aish your putter and things that are buried, that are hidden. Okay, so there's a little Chazara of those. What are the special laws of each category? So the Gemara says, here's another difference. Okay, sure is also weightier than H. How is sure weightier than H? What's another way in which sure is weightier than H? Is common. If a sure gores something that is buried in a haystack, okay, or walks on something that's buried in a haystack, you're chayim. Whereas if a fire consumes something that's buried in a haystack, you're potter. Okay? So actually, we left off some of those areas. We'll worry about it when we get to it. But right now, where we, we, we said is we left off those areas where you have special exemptions. Bor is exempt from Kalim. Asia is exempt from Tamun. It could have listed those as ways in which Shore is weightier, and it did not. So it's an incomplete list. All right. So Shear Tamun. Ibai Seima, if you want, I could say. So that's one answer. It's Reb Yehuda. This here means Kalim. That's the way Ash is weightier than Boar. And it, did, it didn't mention those things here. It's an incomplete list. Why didn't it ask why it mentioned things that it didn't mention? Uh, it never asked that. Ibai Seima, It is Reb Yehuda. So, Kalim, you are Chayev. All right? By a Boar. So, if that's true, forget the fact that it's an incomplete list. Okay? You're Chayev by Kalim, by Boar. And that's why it did not mention Kalim up here, because you are Chayev. So, if that's true, what's this thing that H is more liable for than Boar? Right? It's no longer Kalim. So, what is this thing that H is more liable for? Okay? So, the Gemara says, Le'olem Reb Yehuda, Roila, so what's Davashena Roila that you chai for an Eish and not Boar? Lavla suye Kalim, it's not coming to include Kalim, Ella suye Licha Nero Vanav. What happens if the fire burnt your, uh, like, fallow field and, uh, and, and scorched your, your, uh, your rocks? Okay, that's Eino Royla. Now, there's two questions about that. Number question is, why is it called Eino Royla? This happened last time we read it. Right? People said, like, I don't know, like classic damage by fire is smoke damage. Why is that not considered to be Royla? All right? And the other question is, how is that contrasted to Boar? What would be the parallel to Boar that you would be exempt that you're chayev by fire? Everybody hear the two questions? Okay, so question number one is, why is that considered to be Eino Royla? So Tosa says, if you look at the Tosa, Slikha Nero, okay, Tosa says, 
Um, uh, well, Tosafot answers both questions. I'll read Tosafot's inside in a minute. Let me just first of all focus on what's the Masha Enkein Babur. So Tosafot says it sounds like from a later Rashi that Masha Enkein Babur is there's no way you're going to get your fallow field to be damaged by a well. Try to get a field to fall into a well. Okay, so now that's a little absurd. Tosafot says why? So why not say a house? You didn't know where you're going to get your house to fall into a well. There's a lot of things that aren't going to fall into a well. Okay, so Tosa says, we're not obviously comparing something that's possible, something that's impossible. It's not a basis of comparing, like, what is the liability in certain situations. So Tosa says, no, here's the point. The point is, if you remember before, we said about a difference between a well that's nine fucking deep and ten fucking deep. What's the difference? Anybody remember? Pop quiz. Well, then a bore is considered lahamit. So if you have a boy that's nine tfachim, it's not considered fit to kill, and an animal falls in it and dies, what's the halacha? An animal falls in a nine tefach boar and it dies. What's the halacha? You would be potter. No. I mean, you wouldn't, you'd be potter. You'd be potter. Okay, so that shows you that if a well does damage that should not have been anticipated... You're putter. And not, the fact that we say a nine tefach well is only liable for damages and not for death means that if an animal dies in a nine tefach well, you're putter, which means you are exempt if it did damage that was not normally damage that it would cause. As a, yeah, if it, an animal dies in a nine tefach well, you're putter. So you are not liable for damage that would not normally be done by that well. Okay? That should not have been anticipated that could have been done by that well. And that's in contrast to fire, because fire, even if it damages something that you wouldn't have anticipated, you're liable. Now, why is burning a fallow field something you wouldn't have anticipated? So if you look at Tosos, you can tell me if you understand the answer or not. Look at the bottom of the Tosos, Lichacha. Tosos says, like five lines from the bottom, El Yesh Lomar, Lichacha, line starts with Lichacha, okay? Licha Nero Dechayev, Avo Pishen Regilut Shetazik Eish Nirv Avanim Klau. Meaning, it's not like a fire won't spread to a fallow field, but what is the likelihood, you know, that a rock really gets damaged by a fire? Now, I don't know, like, like, what does that mean? Like, what value do rocks have? Is that the point? Is the point that normally a fire just, you know, doesn't even, doesn't even burn the rock, it just burns the stuff around it? How about a fallow field? I understand that there's no standing grain for it to burn, and I guess that's the point. A fallow field doesn't have any, like, it just has dirt, right? It doesn't have any normal fuel, so maybe it's unlikely what's getting it to spread into a dirt field? I mean, I don't know, that's a good question. If you have just, I have no idea, if you have just a big, like a, like a sand lot, okay, and you've got a fire, will it spread into the sand lot? Will it spread into like a place of just like dirt? If there's nothing for it to burn, or will it burn the dirt? I don't know. Does anybody know the answer to that? I think, I think what you said is right. It wouldn't burn. It wouldn't. It would like burn grass and it would burn trees. Right. If you had this. Like, it could still be fallow, right? We got a lot of growing grass. Yeah. yeah, dead grass. So, but I think the point about the rock and the fallow field, fallow field, right, is... Fallow field doesn't mean it's completely empty. Yes, it means. No, no, it means like, it does not mean that like, you're not growing any like uh, produce there. Oh, you mean that it would like have wild stuff that might yeah, have to be growing. Like, so yeah. In the, in the summer months, you have to mow your lawn so that there's not really dead grass because that's more of a fire hazard than okay but if you have a field that you use for growing wheat right and once every few years you just let it lay fallow right so there probably will be some random growth from accidentally dropped seeds or other types of things but I guess the point is that it's very unlikely that the fire will do any serious damage to a rock or fallow field because there's nothing for it to catch on to so and even so if it does do that 
you're chayev. Okay, so for Tosos, that's the contrast. Belashina Roilo is, you know, rocks and whatever, fallow fields, okay, where it's unlikely, okay, that's an unlikely damage, okay, unlikely, and that's, and that's contrasted to boar, because boar you're not chayef for unlikely. If an animal dies in the ninth tefach boar, you're going to be exempt. Okay, so now we've got pshat, and we're not dealing with kalim. It could be like Reb Yehuda that you're even chayef in kalim for a boar. So now the Gemara continues. Maskiv um, Laravashi. So Vashi has another question. Um, and we'll see it ties into this one. Lisni chomer b'shor mi b'bor, shashor chayevo shor p'sulehem uktashi, mashenke in b'bor. So this is a very obscure halacha. If, a, if an ox gores, I had an ox that I sanctified as a korban, and then it got a mum, and then I transferred the Kedusha and I brought some other animals to Korban. So this ox that once was Kadosh is called Psule Muktashem, invalidated Hectic. Now it's still my, my, my property and I can still shecht it and eat it and the whole thing. But there are some limits. Okay? I can't, I can't shear it. I can't, you know, work it or whatever. You can't, like, sell it in the Exactly. Market. Well, that's a different thing. But anyway, I have some limits. Okay? And if it dies, I can't get enough from it. If I didn't shecht it, if I shecht it, I can eat it, whatever. Anyway, so... Um, there, the halacha is that it's basically considered mine. So if your ox scores my ox of Sulei Muktashim, you're chayev. But there's a very strange halacha that if that ox falls into a well, the owner of the well is exempt. Masha'enkein babur. So why do we do that? That's such an interesting nafkamina, and it happens every day. So anyway, verse <laughs> says, so we'll see later what that's based on, how you know you're exempt by a boar, but that is the halacha. Now, if you say, like you said before, that it's the Rabbanan about Kalim, and we said it was an incomplete list, so I did the Shir Hach, Shir Namiach. We already said we didn't discuss the Kalim Nafkamina, and we didn't discuss Tamun, and now we also don't discuss Shor Psulei Muktashim. There are a lot of things we left off the list. Ella, Yemar to Reb Yehuda, but if it's Reb Yehuda, Reb Yehuda, not only does he reject the exemption of Kalim by a boar, you know what else Reb Yehuda exempts? Does he, no, no, that he holds by. He, exempts, he, he rejects the exemption of Tamun by Aish. So we have, so we have, so we have nothing, so, so according to him, it's not an abbreviated list. Right? So the only thing now that we left off was this short psule mukdashin. So that's not acceptable. You can't have a list that has everything but one. So, my shir da shir. Shir dash beniro. Ah, here's what it would left off. What happens if an ox goes ahead and, uh, and plows a fallow field? Okay? Now that, <laughs> first of all, it just decided it was bored. So anyway, Rashi says, you know, these oxes are trained to plow. So somehow you had left some uh, type of, I guess, the apparatus hooked up to it. And it walked to the fallow field and it plowed it, which presumably damages the fallow field. Do you want to leave it? I don't know. I don't know. Trust me, I ain't no farmer. I have no idea. Now, the other funny thing is that until now, if you asked me, what would that be considered? Quick, which category would you put that in? I accidentally left my uh, heart not my harness whatever my plow hooked up to my cow and it walked over and it plowed your field that was fallow I think it'd be regal too right it's just a natural type of thing it does Rashi for some reason says it's Karen and Kavanasa Lahazi I have no idea why and at the same moment that Rashi says it does it because it's habituated into doing it anyway so why is that now what's that contrasted to so Rashi says well that's contrasted to the well because for the same thing he said before a field can't fall into a well so that's another thing it left off when an ox damages a, 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 a field and you don't have that by a well because a field can't fall into a well. Very strange. Anyway, that's the other thing it left off. Okay? 
So the Gemara says, no. Imishum dash beniro la shiru. No, you can't, that's not a good answer. You didn't leave that off the list. That's just a natural consequence that, you know, the ox goes out and does damage, whereas by the well, things have to come to it. So included in that difference is that the ox will damage things that are, can't move, whereas a well can only damage things that can move or that can be moved to it. So basically what we said is that according to Rabbi Yehuda, this doesn't work because according to Rabbi Yehuda, there's one thing that was left off the list, and we can't accept the list that's complete, that's complete except for one thing. But according to Rabbanon, it works well. There's a lot of things left off the list. Tamun and Kalim and Psulei Muktashim. Yes, question. Yeah, the Muskana is that it doesn't work according to Rabbi Yehuda. Correct. Okay, moving on. Because it, 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 yeah, but we rejected the answer because we said that's already included in the differences that we list. If it's just a difference of if an ox can go and damage things that can't be that can't move or be moved, that's included in the difference between darko lelech lahazi. Right. So it's not rebuta. It's rabbanon. Okay. Now the second cryptic line of the Mishnah is not only when I have been uh, negligent in the full watching of it did I lay the groundwork and prepare the damage that would occur but even if I only was negligent in part Hachshati right Hachshati what is it? Hachshati Nisko Kol Nisko even if it's like I only sort of laid the groundwork for some of the damage I'm liable for all of the damage that's a very suggestive statement you want to guess? Or? Yeah, like if, uh, you have a bore it's 9 suck and I told it's 10 suck now, yeah. now I didn't I didn't dig the whole bore so like I sort of like filled it and then right. I'm high filled it or Continue to dig it. You deepened it. I deepened it. Yeah. yeah. Then now, the chore falls in and dies, whereas it wouldn't have been before. Okay, so you sure you never learned this Gemara before? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so it's buried in your memory somewhere. Let's look at the Gemara. Tanu Rabbanad. Yeah, exactly. Of all the million possibilities, you got the exact one the Gemara is talking about. Tanu Rabbanad. Hachshati mixes nisko. Chavti b'tashlu nisko. Kachshir kol nisko. What's the case that you only did a little bit of damage? You prepared a little of the damage and now you're high for all the damage. So somebody, Reuben dug a board nine tfachim and he's high for nezek but not for death as we said. And then Shimon came and dug at the tenth tefach. So, and now if an animal dies in the well there's no question that it's only Shimon's responsibility. Because Reuben did not do anything that could bring about death. Okay? But the Kiddush is that let's say now an animal is damaged in the well. Who do you think is liable? Reasonably, you would think, let Reuven and Shimon split it. Because Reuven already did, what Reuven did would have brought about damage. So no, that's going to be the big finish. Okay? So it's not such a big finish to say the last one is high for death. Because although it's true that Reuven sort of laid the, you know, did the first night him, the last one did the thing that made it a, a death trap. Okay? And therefore, he's, of course, it's his, death is his responsibility. But in terms of damage, even though he only a little bit contributed to the damage, he's liable for the full damage. Not like Rabbi Zetani, we taught it like in Brita. Ruben dug nine, and Shimon came and did the tenth. The last one has to, 
Achlon Chayev, the last one is Chayev. Rebbe Omer, Achlon Lemisa, no, 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 I agree the last one has to pay for death, but Achlon Shneim Lenezikin, but if it's damaged, they, they're both liable. So clearly when the Tanakama holds, that even the, that the last one is liable even just for the Nezek. Now, why is that? Okay, so... Um, so if you take Tosus quotes a, to, refers to a Gemara that quotes a puzzle because logically you should say they should split it if it's just Neza so look at Tosus Achlan Chayev Tosus says Gam Anazikin Rishon Pater Mikulam okay and it's exempt from death and from damage in Perikapara of the first time to see Ki Yichre Ishbor Echad Veloshayim one person digs Lichyuvei Basra Asi that's coming to say that even if two people did it there are cases where only one person is Chayev Velokama Damakrava Meiye now, it's only when the last one made it into a boar fit to, to, to be killed. Meaning, the last one transformed its identity. Let me give you another example. Michael dug a boar of eight, and I added another tefach. Or he dug a boar of four, and I added four tefachim. An animal came and got damaged. Who do you think is liable in that case? The answer is, we're both liable. We both, you made a boar of Nezek, and I participated, and also it was still a boar of Nezek, and I just made it more possible to damage. In that case, we're both liable. The difference is, when I basically turned it into a different type of a boar, not just made it more possible to damage, but I made it qualitatively different. You made a boar of Nezek, I transformed it into a death trap. I transformed it into a boar of Mitha. So because I transformed it, it now is completely identical as my boar, not your boar. Okay, so is that clear? The difference here is only because the first guy made Nezek and the second guy changed its identity into a boar of Misa. If the first guy, let's say you did ten Tfachim and I added ten Tfachim, or you did four and I added four, we would, we would both be liable. Okay, so that's the Chiddush. There are times when you only did a little, but because you've transformed its identity, it becomes all yours and you're liable for full Nezek. And that's going from nine to ten. Yes. I'm trying to figure out, like in Gamar's view, are we equally liable? Let's say four and four. I, I can understand. Yeah. Let's say four and one. Right. So, that, so that's a good question. So let's hold off on that. Right. Like according to Rebbe, nine and ten, are they equally liable? What about eight and nine? Would they be equally liable? So those are good questions. And part of those questions, by the way, okay, here's a nice little nafkamina, by the way, to, just to give you a, a, a way of thinking about the answer to Michael's question, which could depend on the conceptual models we've been dealing with. Here the, let's see if you can figure this one out. I'm not saying this is the right answer, but this is the way I would go. We said that there's two ways of thinking about these things. Is it because my negligence brought it about? Or is it because it's my thing and because it's my thing I'm liable for the damage that it does? So let's say you dug eight and I dug a ninth, tefach. Or you dug one and I dug eight more. Well, either case. So, if you use the model of saying negligence, would you say that we, and, and fault, etc., would you, how, how you would say we would split it? Equally or proportionally? You're both at fault. Yes, but if I dug eight and he only dug one, I would think that I have more contributory negligence to the damage than he does, right? I would think that you would divide it proportionally, not equally, right? You don't think so? How about if it's one and eight or eight and one? Well, okay. I, you mean the order might matter or something. Right, but, at, but the point is, if you're thinking about negligence, you would think in terms of different types of distribution, right? You would try to assess that. But if you're thinking about it's my bore and I'm liable for my bore, 
because it's not because I I was negligent and I was at fault. It's my bore and I have to pay for what my bore does. So whose bore is this? It's both of our bores. We're like partners in the bore. So in that case, to me, I would more inclined to be saying that if you use that model, you split it equally. Once we both participated in it, we both own like we both own a cow. Now you could say, let's say Michael owns twenty percent of my cow and I owe eighty percent of a cow, and it damages. Do we split the damage twenty eighty, or do we split it fifty fifty? So you, you could possibly go either way, but you see how thinking about it, which model you're using, right, could push you in different directions. Yes. Right. Tosos so just quoted that. Right. So, that's, so have you share a board ownership? No, because that's only because of the end of the process that mate yellow when you've made it into a board mita we limit it to that type of a case a okay yeah but a board as it can be shared right so you do see though right it's interesting that about how do you think about different degrees of ownership and are you thinking about it in terms of liable for something you own or liable because of your fault and your negligence all right anyway so yes that's all those are going to be sugis coming up we're going to have a lot of fun okay uh, can't answer everything in one day Michael all right so now look at ourselves like this um Okay, Rav Papa, um, uh, Papa says, um, No, actually, it could be going like Rebbe. It could be you went from 9 to 10, and it's saying that the last one is Chayef for death, and then it goes even according to Rebbe. Now, that's less of a Chiddush, because of course the last one is Chayef for death. It's a little bit of a Chiddush, because the 9 sort of laid the groundwork for the death. But anyway, so that would be a case. I just did one Tefach, and I'm Chayef for the death, fully Chayef for the death. Okay, so that's a less of a Chiddush, but that way it would be on even according to Rebbe. Igadami, Leimadulok Rebbe, some say we started by saying, oh, let's say our, our mission is not like Rebbe, because it has, every, the last one is Chai for everything. So, Amra Papa, Lemisa, call no, the last, same point, just where we started from. No, actually, the mission could be talking about death, and it's going even according to Rebbe. The last guy, even though he only added one Tefach, is Chai fully for death. For Nazikin, that's debated. Okay. Maskev Le Rav Zeira, so Rav Zeira challenges. For Su Leka. Whatever, we'll see. We, we haven't Paskin. We'll worry about it later when we get to it. It's coming up in, a, you know, whatever, 40 days. Okay. Maskev Le Rebbe Zeira. Rebbe Zeira asked. The nature of the first parak is, like the sort of first sugya, we're referring to a lot of things that get developed much more in the later Dapim. So don't expect a full treatment of some of these things. Maskev Le Rebbe Zeira. Now, Rebbe Zeira asked, Su Leka, are you telling me there's no other case? where you just did a little and you're liable for everything I will show you other cases like that Zaika how about the following now this is interesting as Rashi points out this is not a brighta this is just a thought issue like you know it's just a svara it's like I can imagine other cases that would also the last guy would be liable for everything even though he only did a little what case let's start let's think about it let's say Masr Shor L'chamish B'nei Adam I gave my ox to five people to watch together I need a, this ox is a very dangerous ox you all have to watch it together and one of them was negligent and because that one guy was negligent although the four guys were doing what they should have been doing they were able to go out and escape and to damage even though he only was one fifth of not watching now the Gemara says one minute that's not a Chiddush Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If without him, 
he was necessary, right, to, to make sure it was, it was watched. Without him, only four people would not have been sufficient to watch the ox. Peter, of course he's negligent. He's 100% negligent. Do you comment? He did it. His negligence made the, walk, made the ox unwatched. Okay? Ella, the beloved Yunami Minter, must be that actually, no, I was just doing redundancy. Actually, this ox could be watched by any one person, but I was so concerned that I made five people obligated to watch it. I was just being redundant. But technically, it could have been watched by anybody. So if that's true, my comment. So what did I do? So what, the one guy, it's not considered Pia. Okay? Because by him leaving and going off the job, he really did not expose it to damage. The damage would still be considered unexpected because he was, the ox was being watched regardless. So, uh, so that's not enough, you know, because it's not true. It's either obvious or not true. So Malki Vlad of Sheshis, so Sheshis says, I'll give you another case that maybe we should be thinking about. Wait, so we, so we, didn't, we didn't answer that. Yeah, well, we did answer it. The reason that we're not listing that as a case of the Mishnah is because either it's obvious in one scenario or not true in the other scenario. Okay, Maskevla Rosheshes, Rosheshes says, Vayika, Marbi B'chavila. If you added a bundle of wood to your friend's fire and the fire spread. He made the fire, but you added the wood and it spread. Yeah, I mean, so, it wasn't my fault. Well, yes. Hey, what's the case? It's going to be the same point. Either it's obvious or it's not true. If the fire went to spread without you adding the bundle of wood, of course you're negligent. Your 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 fire. You spread it, Ella. So it's not you only mix us nisko. That was cold nisko. Ella to love you, Alpha. Okay, but okay, we'll say a different one. Without you, it would have spread. It anyway was going to spread the fire. So if that's true, Micah Avid, what are you doing? Now Tosa says it does not mean that you are exempt. Michael made a fire that's spreading and if I do nothing that fire is going to damage and Michael will be liable I throw more gasoline on the fire okay so am I like so does that mean how do you read the Gemara Michael Avi do you read the Gemara like I'm totally off the hook it was going to happen anyway so what I made bigger flames that's I think how the shot of the Gemara would be but Tosus doesn't like that Tosus says really you could actually make it a bigger fire and be exempt just because it would have happened anyway so look at Tosos very interesting Tosos what am I doing more? Why should I be liable everything just because I added the bundle of wood? Here everybody should pay their portion. Does their portion mean equal portion? Does it mean proportionally? Also not clear. Now, the aim lomar. Now, you don't say the lister. I should be exempt. The fire was going to spread. I didn't add to the damage just because I added to the fire. The tiny pair kapara. That, you know, you, one guy did 10, the other guy added 10, the other guy made it 30. They all pay, even though the animal would have died anyway. So, if that's true here, even if it would have burnt it anyway, I added to the fire, it's also my fire. Miu says, But you know what those are? It's nearly not so clear, because you have to think about the specifics. Michael had a huge bonfire. I took my toothpick and I threw it into the fire, okay? 
Right? So that's, the, that, that's it's trivial. So how much would I have to do to add to the fire to make it equally my fire? Okay? If I can add to the boar by digging an equal tenth fachim and it's equally my boar, what would I have to do to make it equally my fire? By the way, you could also say, maybe this, the models matter. Maybe by boar the model is who is the owner of the boar. And if I dig ten and Michael digs ten, we're both owners of the boar. By the fire, maybe the issue is less who is the owner of the fire as whose actions brought about the damage. And since Michael's actions would have brought it about anyway, my adding some extra wood was not bringing about the damage. The damage was going to happen. So you see, the models you use, is it ownership or negligence, might change based on Bohr versus Aish, etc. So now you're seeing why those models matter. It's not necessarily, and you know, and how do we exactly distribute liability in those cases? So, what are those in that case? Then? To- in the case of... Uh, you did add that it's clearly got to be exempt, okay, entirely. But then what Tosa says is, is that, but then he says, but then I don't know when is the threshold that when you do become higher. Ah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem to be that Like, it seems to me like there is a space to not be that You mean there's a question about proportional? Yeah, like, right. Okay, you know, that person should not be liable for equal, but maybe should be liable for Yeah, it's not, I think, it's true. is a little vague. Tosus could have had the word hako. He could have said, He says, which sounds like, look, this is totally your fire. Because I threw a stick in it, it becomes all of a sudden I become a part participant in your. So I think that those are like the questions to ask, right? Maybe there are three stages. There's something I do that's seen as trivial. There's something I do that's seen as some degree contributor, right? So anyway, all of those Tosus doesn't know the answer. He leaves those as open questions, right? And as I'm saying, I think the question of the model, is it a model of ownership or a model of negligence, could also factor into how you think about this. But the Gemara says, Michael had a fire and it was going to burn and I added some wood, but it didn't burn more than it would have, but I added wood, would I really be chayev? And the question is, does that mean would I be chayev everything? Certainly not. Would I be chayev anything? That's less clear. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And that's why thinking about thinking about ownership of a well, that's why it's an easier model of ownership. It's like it stays in its place. You actually people do own wells, right, that you're digging for storage or for whatever. It stay you create, right? And therefore, like you could say, I made this amount, you made that amount, so we're both sort of owners, whereas by fire, I agree, it's like, the, it's, the, it's harder to define it quantitatively, and the more question you would ask is, whose acts brought about the damage in the end? Who, like, who was, you know, who had contributory negligence here? Right. Exactly, exactly, and there's a lot of different factors, right, I agree. Okay, yeah. One other thought is that this is super relevant in contemporary life, because like when in studies of airplane crashes, if there's yeah. an article about this, where like, if it's a series of negligent actions, like, right. like there's so much redundancy that you would require like multiple negligencies to okay. create an airplane crash but so then like who's high of so we're going to get to that so let's keep on reading because we've got some really interesting cases coming up 
So, okay, my God, what are you doing then? Meaning, what are you doing to be high of everything or what are you doing to be high of anything? Okay, so it can't be that case because that case is, again, either obvious that you'd be that you'd be high of everything or you wouldn't be high of everything. So, Maskis were Papa. Rabbi said, right? You got I got a brighter, not just a thought pop uh, idea. I got a brighter. Five people sat on a bench. Um, and it didn't break. And one guy came and sat on it. And because, exactly, he was guy number six. It broke. The last one is Chayev. The Amr of Papa, now this is very interesting. Where Papa said, Kigon, yeah, you, you remember, Michael, Kigon, Papa Bar Abba. It's like this guy called Papa Bar Abba who apparently was a very weighty gentleman. And he says, that's, and he was so weighty that he caused it to break. Now the question is, why did he have to say that? Why didn't he just say, the bench could support five people and not six people? But anyway, let's just read a little bit more in the Gemara. Okay, hey Chidami, what's the case? So there we see it's only the last guy. That's exactly our case. There were five guys on it anyway. It's only the last guy, and the last guy is high of everything. So, okay, that's, that's our idea. The last guy did a little bit, and he's high of everything. So the mother says, what's the case? If without him, it wouldn't have broke, it could support five people and not six people. So Peter, obviously, you sat on it, you know, you exceeded the weight limit of the bench. You're Chayev. Okay? Ella, to blab you, Nami Okay, actually, with five people, it would have broken anyway. The weight limit was already exceeded. So my COVID. So what are you doing? Either meaning you should be exempt, it would have happened anyway, or you're certainly not Chayev everything, you're just contributory. Okay, so ah, okay. So therefore, there's really no scenario where you're high of everything. Okay, either it's obvious because it wouldn't have happened anyway, or it's not true. So the Gemara says one minute, but it's a brayta. So so if Masnis Eichem it's hartsa. So what did the, what do you need the brayta to teach you? If you're saying it's either it's obvious or not true, what is the brayta teaching me? No, Rochiga, here's where the case the brayta is teaching me something. Okay, so the love you have a mitzvah betray shai, the hasha itzvah bechadasha. That actually the weight limit was exceeded. It would have broken had they kept on sitting in it for the next two hours. But because this guy, six guys sat on it, it broke faster. It broke within an hour. And therefore, in that case, there's a chiddush because you could say everybody's weight, the first five people who were sitting on it were already doing something wrong. They were exceeding the weight limit, right? Now, by the way, I just want to pause for a moment and say, even if the first five people were not doing anything wrong, they were not exceeding the weight limit, and the sixth guy came and exceeded it, you might say, okay, but you five, you should get up at that stage. You should realize the weight limit is exceeded. But the point is, no, that's not their responsibility. That what they were doing was totally okay, and therefore, even though now the circumstances have changed, we put all of the responsibility of rectifying the situation on the last guy that sat on it. You, you hear that? Even though now anybody could stand up. But it's all the last guy's responsibility. But if the first five guys were exceeding the weight limit, they were already doing something wrong, and they had to get up. And this last six guy sits down, so you could say, now everybody should be getting up. Everybody was doing something wrong. And nevertheless, we say, the last guy is Chaya. Because since he is the one that is speeding it up, he is considered to be the primary responsible party. Even though the first five guys were, were there first, right? So that is definitely a Chiddush. All right? So the Gemara says... 
they can say to him, Yeah, maybe were we doing something wrong that we were exceeding the weight limit? Yes. But we would have gotten up before the time was out. When before any, you know, we would have gotten up while it was still safe to get up. Before it started breaking. Because you came, you made it happen sooner and ultimately it's your nezek. Because it happened within this hour. And within this hour, had we just been here, nothing would have happened. So maybe we were doing something wrong, but nothing would have happened during this hour. And it only happened because of you. You're the mazik, not us. It's an interesting way of thinking about it, right? Let him say back to them one minute, guys. If you weren't sitting with me, it wouldn't have broken. So you were already doing something wrong. We were all sitting there together. So when it broke during that first hour, we were all breaking it. I wasn't just the one who was breaking it. So the Gemara seems to say, you know what, that actually is a good answer. And you're right. The Gemara reverses itself. It actually, they would all be liable, even though... It, 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 they could have gotten in that first hour by themselves it wouldn't have broken once they started by doing something wrong they're all participatory and they're all liable so meaning that it can't hold, it can't hold five people it cannot hold five people for more than two right, for more than an hour for more than two hours so but nevertheless since you're sitting on it in circumstances in which and you could say I'm not doing anything wrong I'm sitting on it and I will make sure to get up before the time limit so but the command understands not that way you're sitting on it in a way that you it, it could break under certain circumstances. Therefore, you are, it's not like you are totally not responsible for what's going to happen here. Okay, you have to pay attention to the fact that your sitting might be causing it to break. And therefore, when this other guy comes and you're not getting up, you're also responsible for what happens. Almost like it's breaking a little bit every moment. It's something like that. Okay, so the Gemara says, so here's the case where the last guy is fully liable. And it's not obvious. It's not like nothing would have happened without him. So now completely gives a different case. Actually, the way Rashi says it is, I'm not sitting on the bench. You know what I'm doing? I'm saying, hey, Michael, how's everything going? And I'm putting pressure down here. And Michael is not able to stand up. And because Michael can't stand up, it breaks because of Michael's weight. But you got it? So it's breaking because of Michael's weight. <laughs> because I am holding you down. Not even pushing you. The bigger I'm just holding you down. I am preventing Michael from getting up, and it breaks because of Michael's weight. Okay? So it says obvious. No, it's not obvious. Your energy is not like your body. Now, obviously, in a normal case, I would think I take a stone and I throw it through a window. That's koho kagufo. Here is though a bigger chiddush, because here, if you think about it, it's your body weight that is causing the bench to break. Not necessarily, you're pushing me down. I am not pushing you down. I am keeping you from getting up. Okay, so it's not really my weight that's causing the bench to break. Okay, but it somehow is seen, I, you know, that it, that 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 is I am through Michael, right? I am exerting Michael's weight on the bench. Is sort of how it is seen, and especially since Michael's an agent or whatever, you what. Well, you could just say, you know, Michael broke it. I was a grumma that I prevented Michael. So I think there is a chiddush here. Yes. Without, without me pushing down Michael, did Michael break the bench? Um, oh, yeah, but he would have gotten up. I mean, the way I'm reading it, I'm reading it is that says some. I'm reading it that it's not because I added weight; it's just because I prevented Michael from getting up. Let me see it. Yeah. What does Rashi say? Hold on. Where's the Rashi? 
you mean it sounds like from Rashi that, no but look at the next Rashi yeah it's not clear from Rashi the first one sounds a little bit like I added weight okay if I added weight it's, a big, it's less of a Kiddush right then it's clearly Koach but if I didn't add weight I just prevented Michael from standing up that is more of a Kiddush you know maybe more of a Kiddush you don't think it's true that might be <laughs> what yeah, the right, but it's force. The koko is like it's the energy, like I, in, like my energy is in the rock, and the rock goes right. And this case, it would sort of yeah. Um, and so you're saying the koko sounds like I I am adding weight. Right, I'm pushing the pushing force, not just the preventing force. Right, I agree. I guess the reason I was trying to limit it to the preventing a is is because it's more of a chiddush. Although it's so much more of a chiddush, you could say maybe it's not true. So I don't know. It's a good question. I have to explore that more. Okay, but that's the case. It's less interesting than we thought. Much less interesting than we thought before. I would say. Well, if it's my version, it's a little more interesting. But basically, it's less interesting because it's not as much that five plus one and different people are doing it, and you were the last guy, and even though they were also doing it it's a different story it's just I am you know using somebody's body to do something and I'm chayim and again this is the case where it would have broken you're saying at, at some point well maybe or although maybe if it's only because I added force then maybe not okay so the Gemara says the two leka let's try one more case um, I left us do a little bit more no we didn't do that oh sorry that wherever your body would have broken so your koach also broke so it's not exactly clear what those words are adding but anyway because of your koach you're liable the same way you're liable if your body had done it okay the two leka let's just get to the uh, end of the narrow lines uh, the ha'ika how about this case ha'ditanya ki koach sar b'nei adam be'eser maklot u'bein b'vasachat b'ein b'zeacharzeh u'meit kulam p'turim so ten people beat somebody with sticks either at the same time or one after the other it was sort of like what is it murder on the Orient Express okay actually that's, that's different a little bit that they all did this uh, they all did a full act of Misa here they all did a partial act of Misa they're all exempt because no everybody contributed and nobody was fully liable for the death no, the only now Rebbe Omer okay, let's take a look it was sequential then it was the last guy because everybody else beat him to within an inch of his life and the last guy beat out that last inch. He was the guy that killed him. Makes a lot of sense. Because he brought it out to death. So according to Rebbe, that would be a case where the last guy did only a... He didn't do anything quantitatively more than everybody else. But because he did the last tease, he was the actual guy that killed him. Okay. What happens to those ten? Like, they re- ten people killed by nothing? What? What happens to those ten? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cases where people get out. I to tie a guy before a lion, and the lion lets it off. I mean, there's a lot of cases of Gram Nezek, where there's uh, ways that we deal with it without... All right, you know what? We're moving on. Okay? Anyway, so the Gemara says, so that would be a case, according to Rebbe, we're not dealing with the death penalty. This is a this is a Masechet about, about Nezekin, about damages. Okay? If you want, I could say, we're not dealing with a debate. That's Rebbe against the Chachamim. It would be making it going according to Rebbe. The Gemara says, the love, the love, um, so we but one minute we said what did we say the Mishnah meant when you dug, dug the tenth tefach of the boar and you became liable fully including Nezek and that was against Rebbe Rebbe said you, the, the, the Nezek would be would be equal so we did say it, 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 we, we did say it's relating to a matter of the debate 
So the Gemara says, no. The Loki Rebbe Chorabanan Mukminan. No, no. We're okay to have a debate if we're if the mission is going like the majority position. So the mission would go like the rabbis against Rebbe and say the last the guy who does the tenth tefach is high for everything of the board, the Misa and the Nezek. Rebbe Yudah ben Betera of the Loki Rabbanan, but to go like a minority position of Rebbe Yudah ben Betera that says that you're high for the death and not the Rabbanan who say everybody is exempt because they're all equal. Lo Mukminan, we're not going to have it go like a minority position. Okay, but this is a real fascinating Gemara about this question of as Jacob was saying like lots of cases of contributory negligence and is it the last person that does it who is considered to be the primary person when is everybody equally liable those are going to be cases that keep on coming up in different forms throughout the Masech so okay so, 